Stand by for Spider-Man. Hey. Episode 251 for October 2013. This episode of the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by SpidermanWebSpinners.com. They're a new Spider-Man website that is trying to get the word out to fellow Spider-Fans. They provide the latest news headlines related to our favorite webhead. And they have reviews of the latest issues of Superior Spider-Man the day they're released. They also provide back-issue reviews of all forms of Spider-Media, including reviews of the cartoons and the movies, etc. And they even have a new podcast with four episodes ready to be downloaded to your iPod, your Zune. Do they have Zunes anymore? I don't know. Any Your MP3 player, let's put it that way. And if you'd like to join his panel, just visit SpidermanWebSpinners.com and shoot him an email. They're looking to expand, and they're looking for some spider experts. So join them at SpidermanWebSpinners.com. Okay, gang, in this episode on the Crawl Space, we're going to tackle your dozens of message board questions. And if you'd like to get a question in on our next show, all you have to do is go to the SpidermanCrawlspace.com message board, and the question thread is at the top of all the forums. So ask a question, and we'll read it on the air. And get those questions in quick, because we close the topic after a page or two. All right, on with the show, gang. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime. Like a street of light, he arrived. Okay, tackling message board questions, starting it off with Steve Rogers from New York City. Don and Josh, what are your thoughts on the Scarlet Spider twist on the story? You're talking about like uh, it turning out to be, spoilers, Craven the Hunter? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I, not, I, I, I did read that issue after I read uh, Kevin's review. It's not so much that I... I I didn't know that. I knew that Ben was not coming back, but like the way they put the blurb on the issue, because you demanded it, the original Scarlet Spider or Ben Riley, the original Scarlet Spider. I knew Ben wasn't coming back, but to say that they did bring Ben back and then have it not be, I didn't care for the disingenuous lying, even if I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Whenever something like that happens, where they telegraph a twist, I usually don't believe it because usually, like the big twist, they'll try and make those surprises. You know, I, I feel like if Ben Riley was going to come back, they would not announce it months in advance and show us like the cover. It would have been some sort of. So I knew it was going to be some. The, I guess the only really big thought I had on the twist was it was really funny to see Craven in a hoodie. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that book. I thought it was really good. I gave it an A. Kevin, I think you gave it an A. Yeah, I absolutely did. Yeah. Did, did the rest of the panel like that book, or did anybody else pick it up? Well, Don and Josh obviously did. It was, it was I, good. I, I picked it up. Yeah. It, was, it was all right. JR nope. did not. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rebel. Uh, 
Spider Nerd. Uh, thanks for taking time to take my call on the live call-in show last month. No problem. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Question to the whole panel. Has there ever been a time where you wished that you were not a part of the Spider-Man fan community? Yes, sure. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think because we were talking about this on uh, Facebook. Like, uh, one of our posters said that, like, at his comic shop, someone got him a Superior Spider-Man poster, and he said he threw it right in the trash and made some diatribe about how it was immoral to give Superior Spider-Man to kids. And I just, like, I said, dude, it's a comic book. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I have in the past, and, and Bertone, you can help me with this story, you, or, or, and Don, too. You, you, you said how DC... With the, the 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 guy that you do a podcast with, Don, that uh, runs the Batman site. What's his Dustin. name? Dustin. Dust, Dustin. Dustin is very close, evidently, with the the, the Batman editors and the Batman uh, and DC, and they they hook him up a little bit, and they they are very supportive of his website. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, I want I want to say very supportive, but they are generally supportive, and they do listen to the show somehow. They listen to the show. They 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 don't. They no one from DC goes on his message board and and berates anybody that goes there. Right? He closed down his message board, but oh. not yet. No, no. No, I mean he doesn't have that problem that I do. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I wish that I didn't have that problem. I wish that the people in charge of it and and my site got along a little bit better. And that that's and. and that's when I wish that I was not part of the Spider-Man fan community. When because when the editors did. suck, not because the fans <laughs> suck. That's not what you're I'm saying. Nothing they I'm suck. Not that was a poor choice of words. What I mean is that I'm just saying that I wish the relationship was as good as the Batman website is with the DC folks. Yeah. Well, you know, there's uh, always time to change things. I know. Well, I know. There, there was and, a time, and I, I remember feeling this way. Um, yeah. I'm not going to say who the Marvel employee in question was. It wasn't Dan Slott, because everyone's going to guess Dan Slott on the message board. I was going to guess Dan Slott. Yeah, it wasn't Dan Slott. But, like, a Marvel employee basically got into this massive, like, um, argument with the blogger, and it made the blogger look bad. It made the Marvel employee look bad. And I was just like, the, I, I, I don't know. It might have been my mood that day, but I remember thinking, like, this is really not like a good fandom to be a part of when the employees yeah. behave this way and the fans behave this way. I and I I, know, I don't like playing the moral superior, you know, card or anything like that. But I remember just thinking, uh, I, I I don't like this world some, sometimes. And Don will yeah. tell you that like there uh, during one of the like you know creator versus you know uh, fan fights, I said to him, I can't wait to go on my cruise and get away from these comic book lunatics. <laughs> Those were my exact words. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say anytime, anytime somebody suggests that um, there is a conspiracy to write something bad on purpose, like, you know, D- Dan Slott's trying to destroy Peter Parker and prove that Otto is superior, or, um, or, or anytime anybody says that some violent act should happen to a professional. Yes, um, yes. And he, the death and, against makes me embarrassed to be part yeah. of the community. And, and I, do, I do think the sort of actively searching for things to get offended by gets a little old. Right. Amen. I, I, when, like, whenever, whenever I say, like, like oh, betrayal, like, I say that like, as very yeah. much as an ironic parody because it's so funny to me that people would feel that way. Some people aren't satisfied saying a comic is bad. They have to say that it is wrong. Morally yes. wrong. And Morally there's a difference wrong. between saying, you know what, I didn't care for this issue, this is why. X, Y, Z. 
and saying, you know what, the guy that wrote this ought to... Ought to exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's just awful. All right, JVL. Uh, good question, by the way, uh, Mr. Nerd. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> JVL1031. Uh, Kevin, why do you hate Spider Island so much? Not that I'm a fan of it. I'm just curious. Um, the reasons are numerous, and some have to do with my personal taste, and some are a bit more objective, but, um, in general, I found uh, the Jackal and the Queen was, like, bringing together the two worst Spider-Man villains I can possibly think of for your event. The Queen, particularly, because, I mean, the Queen has had that one story that I think everyone agrees was awful. Is there anybody who wants to defend that story? Even even Paul Jenkins hates it. <laughs> yeah. So why you would bring the Queen back, I cannot figure out. I was displeased enough with the Jackal. Um, the Queen put it over the top. Then you've got your spider monster creatures, one of which turns out to be Captain Freaking America, which, what the hell? Um, you have people turning into spider creatures, which I don't think has ever worked out well. Uh, you have a really poorly constructed crossover with Venom where it wasn't actually a crossover to where it's like, okay, this is part two in Amazing Spider-Man and then part three is in Venom. No, it's Venom's supposed to be a tie-in and yet essential stuff ends up happening over there, which is poor editorial-wise. And uh, it's also not one of Humberto Ramos' finest hours for me. Um, as I said when we were reviewing... Um, Superior number 16, he's got his months where I think he's better, he's got his months where I don't think he is, and uh, Spider Island was not a place where I thought he really particularly shined. The only moment out of that, that story that I liked was Mary Jane with powers. Yeah, I was okay with that, and I appreciate you know what it ended up uh, doing and bringing out Kane. Right after, right after she was yeah. like, kissing Carly Cooper's ass with the whole, you know, she's the only one being responsible, Peter. That's back when the Carly hammer was real. <laughs> I didn't think it was a great story and it, it kind of brought up everything that I don't want in a Spider-Man story JVL has a question to everyone he says I believe Donovan said he liked it but what did the rest of you think of Ben Riley's Spider-Man costume I asked because as we all know Spock's new suit looks very similar I guess you're talking about the, the Spider-Ben the, the Spider-Girl costume <laughs> As opposed to the the hoodie, right? Yeah, that would be a Scarlet Spider costume, not a Spider-Man costume. Yeah, like, like uh, Ben Riley's costume when he was Spider-Man. Yeah, oh, okay, I, I, see, I, I see what great. you're talking about. I love that costume. Okay. It's a very yeah, I agree. It's a, very as a little kid, it bothered me that his web shooters were on the outside. That that just felt wrong to me. Like, it's. Tell I what? guess I was a little upset. I, I was a little obsessive. The costume like looked wrong because it was almost the real costume. But those details changed. But as an adult, I like it. Puny Parker has a question for Jr. How do you feel about the big absence of Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin the last year or so, and why do you think this is happening? Well, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that this is uh, what uh, don't know whether to assume that it's him in the Goblin costume right now or not. But Norman, he needed he needed some time off, <laughs> both as a character and uh, I guess as Norman, uh, particularly the way he was handled by Bendis there at the end of. Uh, or in the yeah. new Avengers, uh, Tidy Whitey oh, needs to go away. He turned into a giant purple Hulk and in his underwear, and then he, then he melted. Uh, <laughs> was, um, no, I mean, I I don't want to see. I personally, I mean, I don't want to see Norman back unless someone knows how to write him. Uh, and I I just still am not convinced. I guess perhaps in a, 
you know, maybe I'm, I'm I'm like the way Kevin is on Morbius or whatever. We feel some kind of proprietary interest in a character that <laughs> we have no ownership interest in. Um, but I'm not anxious did, to see him back unless someone knows how to write him. I'm trying to think of the uh, the timeline. Did the Tidy Whities happen after that horrible miniseries that he was in? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, I get that it. That was the last one we saw. Him. Right, right. And it, Well, he was in the bed and he got out. That's the last, yeah. Uh, to the whole gang, do you think that Spider-Man isn't Marvel's flagship character anymore with Iron Man and the Avengers earning billions and them not having the movie rights? Maybe they're trying to do some reestablishing of their character. I think that's, I think that's actually... That he's, uh, real quick. <laughs> I think that like, he's still popular among kids. I think that like around older fans and newer fans, like fans that are you know closer to our age that are getting into the Marvel characters, it, it's a toss-up between like, like uh, Iron Man and Deadpool. Because a lot of new fans are getting into those characters, but I think like, generally amongst like you know the target audience, he's still big. Um, this is actually something that I've been thinking about recently. That uh, you Me know too. people people talk about uh, one of the the ways people will kind of put down the modern era of Spider-Man comics is to say, oh, it's not it's not the flagship book anymore, um, or is this the flagship book? I don't think either major company has a single character book as their flagship book anymore. I think we've moved into an era where the team book is the flagship book for the company. It's the Avengers for Marvel, it's the Justice League for DC. Cool. And I mean, for better or worse, I think you can kind of credit Brian Michael Bendis with that. When he launched New Avengers in 05, he really, really built that franchise up by putting the popular characters in there and tying it to every major he- event that he had the... Uh, fortune of also writing so it became this huge tentpole and that really became the flagship it's where everything's happening and it's continued that way if you see you know uh, hickman's avengers and new avengers tying directly into the current mega event infinity and then when they relaunch you know all new marvel now the first book in that is avengers and then over at uh, DC, there's been sort of a reaction to that. I mean, you look at when they relaunched their whole universe, two books came out in one week. Only two books. Flashpoint number five and Justice League number one. And Justice League is where everything's happening there now. I think if you go by flagship characters, Batman and Spider-Man are number one. Right now, yeah. On both of them. If you go by it. And, and I think oh, Spider-Man has... to get you. Well, I'm sorry. Batman outsells Sp- Superman quite easily, doesn't he? I think yeah. that was the number one selling book all across. Yeah, almost. yeah. I mean, with Snyder, but, it's it's a great run, but it's it's hard to really yeah. say this is the flagship because there's a great run that's been going on. However, I do uh, concede the point that I think Spider-Man's popularity has waned a bit, as opposed to the peak of say Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Three of the mid 2000s. You know, he 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 has a movie franchise out now, and he has a cartoon that's on its third season yet, or is it still season two? It's still season two wrapping up. Right, and I mean, and he has video games out pretty consistently, so I mean, I'd say say Marvel's not like, you know, embargoing him. He's out there still. Yeah, no, Marvel, I I agree. Marvel would not de-emphasize him just because they don't have the movie rights, because I think he probably still is probably the most popular licensed character. I mean, uh, uh, you know, they, they. I mean, they still have all the merchandising rights. I guess they have to split it, the movie ones. But uh, you know, Spider-Man still shows up on everything: T-shirts, underwear, or whatever. He's he's probably their most still their. And I know that years ago, I remember they were saying how he was still the most popularly um, requested uh, like character for personal appearances uh, yeah. because the kids love him. So it's but yeah, as a literary character, yeah, he's he's probably in a down phase right now. 
Yeah. Chattosaurus Rex. Okay. Uh, I just just pre two posts from Chattosaurus. I just pre-ordered the Roger Stern Spidey Omnibus on Amazon. I was wondering where Stern ranks on your list of favorite Spider-Man scribes. Top three, top five. I won't ask for a rundown of your favorite writers, but I was just curious how Stern compares in general to the rest of your eyes. Which is very cool that they're releasing this omnibus because Roger Stern came on our message board and uh, gave it a little plug. I thought that was really neat. Uh, as far he's in my top five, easily. His amazing run is in my uh, top ten, if not top five. His yeah. Hobgoblin Lives Mini is one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man yes. works ever. Agreed. I think he's in most of our top fives. Kevin and Jr. and Chris, where does he rank for you? Um, I just haven't gotten to read those classic runs honestly, and I was very excited to see that omnibus. Uh, solicited, and uh, you know, I'm just going to kind of see if I can afford it when we get there. And I'd really like to get that and finally read that stuff. Ninety bucks on Amazon, oh but it's, it's like a thousand pages. So it's yeah, huge. it's it's cover price 125. I noticed which uh, yeah. omnibuses are usually a hundred, so it must be a big sucker. Don, yeah, you is. have to lie about how much money you have when you haggle with people about this at Comic Con. Don't remind me. <laughs> Uh, Jr. He's in your top five easily. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. Chris, have you read uh, Stern stuff? Yes. Um, yeah, I I would say he's in my top ten, and not to say that he doesn't deserve to be higher. It's just that it's not a run that's really important to me because it's one that I've gone back and read rather than read at the time, and or, yeah. you know what I mean. So um, so yeah, I would I would say top ten. He's one of those writers that like uh. Like I heard so much about, and when I finally went to read his books, like his, his issues, like they actually didn't meet the hype. Like his Hobgoblin run really is that good. Yeah, uh, Scarlet Spider, great Avatar, by the way, of Craven. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> Macro City. I can't unsee uh, the foot because someone said something on Facebook about how he has like a duck foot. Oh, uh, to the gang, what do you feel the future has in store for the future Spidey Ox stories? It will be told. Think uh, Spock's going to remember this whole thing, or is it just going to get wiped when he goes to the new body? Oh, um, I think that immediately there'll be ramifications, but like, come five, ten years, we're going to get stories of Dr. Octopus robbing banks again, you know, like yeah. like the classic. Day. And that, and that's not saying, oh, this story isn't important and Marvel will... Ag- I mean, that's just the nature of this thing. Like, when these characters and these villains have these, like, altering things that... Should legitimately change them forever. Um, it only takes a few runs and a few years and a few regime changes for the old status quo to be restored. Yeah, I agree 100% on that. Uh, to the gang, if Scarlet does get canceled, I hate to break it to you, but it has been hap- it happened. Would you like to see 299 get his own book again? I think all around the horn, we'd buy it, with the exception of JR. We're down for it. Mm-hmm. Writ- written by Peter David, please. Yeah. Uh, uh, He's writing at Marvel. Come on, please, I agree. Gang on the podcast, Superior Spider Talk. Nice plug. Uh, the two hosts interviewed Mark Bagley. I would love to interview Mark Bagley. I need to get a... That'd be fun. Who start, uh, stated he's been going around putting the word out that he would like to work on Spider-Man really? again. Would you guys like to see him take over the main book again? Let me think. Yes. Hell Ramos yeah. out, Bagley would, in, I'll be happy. Who would want to see Mark Bagley? Yeah, he's like he's the best Spider-Man artist ever. I do think that like I'm surprised to hear that he uh, wants to do more Spider-Man because I was for sure that he was like like 150 percent burned down on Spider-Man after Ultimate. I, I got yeah, that feeling, but like, 
But uh, like, I'm surprised. Like, oh, I've been away from Spider-Man for three years, and I've never been away from him for that long in my entire life. He he's the '90s equivalent of John Romita Jr. I think. I agree. He, he's the uh, the spiritual successor to John Romita Jr. And I I very much agree. Yes. For a long time, and I don't know if this is the case anymore, but like. If you would see Spider-Man on a backpack or a lunchbox or shoes, oh, yeah. it would yep. be Mark Bagley. In the Marvel vs. Capcom uh, fighting games, with the first two ones, and uh, all the Capcom fighting games, that Spider-Man design is Bagley. Like the way he moves and everything, it's, it's based off Bagley's design. He, I, I would say 90% of Spider fans love Mark Bagley. <laughs> if you don't like Mark Bagley, you hate America. There you go. Uh, Aziz, he's, the location is he's going home. I hope you make it there. It's 2 a.m. Do you know where your kids are? Uh, where do you think Spidey or Peter portrayed uh, as unlikable in any of his appearances in media? I don't like how Stanley wrote Peter in his teenage days when he's around other heroes. In some episodes of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, make him the worst character. <laughs> he's kind of a douche in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> um, he's he, he's he's unlikable in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon a bit, um, as George has alluded to. He's a, he's a jackass. Alluded to, he said. <laughs> alluded. To. Yeah, he, yeah, he is. There's no that, That's George. He's George. a real subtle guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, Spider-Man is a jerk in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. I'll give you that. Um, he was a real jerk when he punched his wife in the face and joined forces oh. with the Jackal. <laughs> That's a jerk. That's a dick move. Um, <laughs> any chance the new Green Goblin is someone other than the future Normie from Age of Ultron? Maybe a new Osborn slot. Any any it, chance that the Green Goblin is someone other than the future Normie from Age of Ultron? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? Um, that might have been. Uh, yes, there is a chance. Uh, who wrote the best version of J. Jonah Jameson Jr.? If anyone wrote a better Jameson than Peter David did. Peter David did Damn a good I like Marv Wolfman's uh, Jonah scene at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 192, where he and Spidey are attached to the bomb, and Jonah has, like, he goes through the whole emotional spectrum in those last few pages to, like, he's, like, desperate, he's angry, and he, like, pours his heart out to Spider-Man. That was a really good uh, Jonah scene. And it's Jr. you got a good Jonah writer? Oh, Lord. Um, I would almost have to agree with Peter David because I think... Yeah. Uh, I'm re- actually, I'm thinking that uh, that last uh, issue of Friendly Neighborhood that he did really captured Jonah quite well uh, because, you know, when Jonah's slugging, you know, Peter there at the end, you know, Jonah, and, and after that, Jonah realizes that it's not Spider-Man he's been fighting against all these years. It's actually himself and his uh, his own self-esteem problems. But uh, Jonah's a real hard character to write. Not very, and it seems like a lot of them, a lot of writers don't. I kind of like the way Stan wrote him, though. I mean, to be mm-hmm. honest, I mean, it's, oh yeah, you know, but I, I guess in a way you have to put Stan aside kind of just as, you know, it's Stan, and then Everybody else, um, I, I I wouldn't disagree with Peter David. Stanley said that he based Jonah Jameson off of himself. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it's hard to know what or <laughs> how much of what's yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hornacek, our buddy Hornacek from Canada. From uh, yes, exactly. Hornacek is now a verb. And everyone in an interview with Newsarama last month, Dan Slot said, "Quote: When I do conventions and signings, there are two comments everyone makes." Over and over again. One, when is Peter coming back? And the second is this. Superior Spider-Man is a storyline that's brought them back to the Spider-Man books. No other comments ever come close. I hear those two over and over, unquote. Now, I'm not calling him a liar, 
but I find it hard to believe that the second most common comment he gets is that Superior Spider-Man has brought fans back to Spider-Man. Do you think Superior is really the story that made people start buying Spider-Man that weren't already buying? Oh, yeah. I, I did think the concept alone is sort of like, you know, i got to check this shit out kind of thing. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. It's, the, number, the numbers uh, are up, so the alleged numbers. Uh, uh, the, general, the general interest, I think, alone can garner some sales. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you well, guys got a whole discussion on the on the Kevin George Brad hour about the sales, and it was, yeah. it was really interesting stuff. Well, I think we all agree that the quality is mostly up, too, so that helps. I gave two yep. A's this month. I was yeah. giving F's this time last year because Silver Sable wasn't on covers of issues that she died in. <laughs> <laughs> Gr- granted, the quality's up, the interest is up. How how long can he keep the train of Superior Spider-Man going? Until next month. Before, like, and, and every time I read the solicits, I always think of Kevin now, because every five issues, life is not going to be the same. Pick this up. Remember, Kevin, you said that. I yep. mean, it's every couple issues, he he always teases that it's working. How long it'll work, we don't know. Chris, as the law talking guy on the panel, yes, that's your subtitle. Okay. What is the worst incident in a? Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. I like this question. What is the worst incident in a? comic where a lawyer or a law in general was so inaccurately portrayed that it made you throw your hands in the air and say, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it is a good question. Well, I became a lawyer about a year ago, and since then I haven't read a whole lot of comics with lawyers in them, but I- I'm sure I could, you know, as soon as we're done recording, I could think of a better example, but I'm going back to uh, the recent Superior arc on the prison with the um, lo- with Smythe's lawyer, um, like trying to bargain with the vulture to let them live in his uh, pitches that he's going to give the vulture the same defense he gave Smythe, who, as the premise of the story made clear, got the death penalty. Yeah, and also, you know, there's all the things with the sort of what what jurisdiction does Jonah have as the mayor of a city over like prison, state and federal prisons, and moving people. Railroading people to the death penalty, uh, but honestly, it doesn't bother me that much any more than you would think. Like a scientist would get bothered by science fiction, science happening in stories. Do you read Daredevil, Chris? I mean, do you have, have a lot of Daredevil comics? No, not really. Okay. Does I, I would think with him being in the law that might interest you or something? Yeah, uh, yeah, I am interested, I, but it's just one of those things I haven't got. There is that to. comic where Daredevil, where Matt Murdock sues Daredevil. That sounds unethical. <laughs> That's an understatement. I read that story and I told it because my dad's an attorney, and I told that story to my dad, and he was appalled. He was like, "He cannot do that." <laughs> Josh, more of a recommendation than a question. In the San Diego Comic Con, what is that? It's not me. In the San Diego Comic Con podcast, you mentioned how much you like to watch terrible movies on purpose, like Airbud. I'm wondering if you listen to the How Did the This Get Made podcast. If not, I recommend it. They discuss movies, old and recent, good and bad, mostly bad, that defy logic, or as, as how they got made, like Battlefield Earth, Mac and Me, and Gaim Katra. Have you heard that podcast, Josh? I haven't, but I'll check it out. And the next... Uh horrible piece of media in my project is Don and I are going to watch the Sean Penn and Madonna movie, Shashan Surprise. Shanghai Surprise. <laughs> Shashan Surprise. Shashan? Uh, Jolly Jovio 
Jovial Jonas, first post. Welcome to the board, sir. By the way, you know what? I for, I forget to say this at the beginning of the episodes. Uh, every time we do message board questions, if you want to get a question on this podcast for the message boards, all you have to do is go to the SpidermanCrawlspace.com, click on message board. It's the very first topic or on all the boards. I'll have it up for a couple days, and you reg- register as a member, and you can ask a question. And and like uh, jo- Jolly Jovial Jonas, you can be a first-time poster, and we'll ask your question. Don't worry if you're underage. We'll, do, we'll, we'll send you one anyway. Yeah, Brad well, sent his. Dude, just click the thing. <laughs> I, I, I keep forgetting to do that, but I'm glad I... I uh, there's got to be someone out there who's listening to this for the first time. Like, how the hell do I ask the panel question? That's how you do it. Anyway, to the gang, looking at IMDb, Colm Fior has been cast as Adrian Toomes in Amazing Spider-Man 2. What do you think? I think I, think I can go on IMDb right me. now and say that Lucy Liu was cast as J. Jonah Jameson. There you go. Kevin, what do you say? I said you should never, ever, ever trust casting news from IMDb because it's run completely by fan submissions. So it's like Wikipedia of casting? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Also to the gang, if you could send back the Red Pigeon that ended Peter's marriage to, at one moment in your life... To have it erased, where would you send the pigeon? <laughs> Don and I got into like a very big philosophical talk about this like this last week and like it caused me to like relive my whole like childhood and like Don heard stuff about my parents that like he never knew about. So like th- this question set off a whole chain of events. Uh, Is there any brief stories without going through twenty years? This stuff I can uh, like to do over again, but not erase completely. Just stop myself from uh, committing to something at work that I'm now wishing I didn't do and that I'm trying desperately to get out of for the last few months. I've never phrased this, but JR, where are you sending the pigeon? <laughs> <laughs> I am not even going to touch that okay. one. Okay, I know where you're sending it. Uh, <laughs> one moment in time. Anybody else sending their pigeon somewhere? How odd is that question? It's sort of one of those questions that that forces you to admit a horrible time in your life. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Which is entertaining yeah. for a podcast to hear, so I don't, I don't blame them to ask. I agree. I mean, I don't have a pi- Where am I sending my pigeon? Um, the time the site got hacked? No, yeah, I enjoyed That was solvable. That was solvable, Yeah. Uh, let's move on. And also, to anybody who watched the 90s show, which is Don and Bertone and Kevin and Chris. And all all the people that are cool. And <laughs> JR and I were raising kids and, and getting an education. The 20-year-olds on the show. The 20-year-olds. What did you guys think were the 90s, when the 90s shows turned Electro into, what? Red Skull's son? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Not. You didn't know that, Brad? No, that's awful. I was I was really horrified that they violated the sanctity of Max Dillon electrician. I didn't care. <laughs> I I didn't know better. That was like my my original oh. exposure to Spider Man. From uh, L.A., Kevin, your ear neck of the woods. Brad, congrats Perfect. on the anniversary last month. Thanks everyone for making such a dang good podcast each and every month. Thank you for listening. Uh, to the gang, who would be your super villain alter egos? I'm thinking names, powers, and themes could be based on your career or your personality, if you'd like. I've got nothing. If anybody's got something, hit it. They would call me the Don because um, <laughs> uh, they would call me the Brad. <laughs> I, don't know. I, w- I, w- I would be the meanest guy ever because uh, I'm a villain, and I don't have to wash my hands. I'm, I'm a bad yeah. guy. <laughs> Anybody top that? 
I'd, I'd, I'd probably so. be one of those, like, Silver Age villains that doesn't even get in, like, one of the main titles. I'd be, like, in a backup strip in Strange Tales with some really obscure, stupid power. And and, and I'll, I'll probably get killed in the bar in No Name by the Punisher in one of those many appearances. Uh, Josh would be Betty Brant. Well, there you go. J- that could be fun. JR and I are in a backup in Web of Spider-Man with Nightwatch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, truly the coolest of things. Yeah. Who gets to be Death Grand? <laughs> Big Al from Edgeware. To everyone, the scenes where Spider-Man lifts the rubble off of him. Has he ever done that? Are you anyway. kidding me? Oh, never mind. <laughs> no. Never mind, sorry. And, and when Gwen falls off the bridge, has been homaged, ripped off multiple times. What were the best instances where those two classic scenes were revisited? I'd go with the final chapter for the rubble scene and the Marvel Knights for the bridge scene. I liked in that JMS's uh, Doc Ock story where he like lifts, he can't even breathe, he like lifts the crap off of him to get to Aunt May and Mary Jane. I like that scene. I like the Sp- Spider-Man 1 with the bridge. Yeah, I was going that was my answer. I like the nineties clone saga when the Gwen clone falls off the bridge and Peter in Scarlet Spider costume like saves her and quote unquote comes full circle. Yeah. The the lifting the stuff wasn't bad when we first met Jonah Senior. That was a Mark Wade story. Oh, that, 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 that. You didn't care for that? that, that right. I can't think of it. Yeah. I can't think of another rubble. Uh, he he, he did it. He did it in like the uh, ASM Lizard story in the 30th anniversary. Oh, oh, oh! oh I got it. I got it. Uh, John Romita Jr. Howard Mackey. The bugle is collapsing. Yeah, yeah that's he what he's talking the, about. Final chapter. He lifts, he lifts the damn bugle that was, up. That's a that good was pretty one. good. That's a good one. Uh, to everyone, what are your opinions on Mendel Strom as a character? Personally, I thought he was a badass in the Clone Saga and his connection to Normie, or Norm, I'm sorry, no, Norm, so much Liz talk. Norman made him a more interesting robot creating villain than the Smythe. Do you think he could ever assume that place in Spider-Man's rogues gallery now that Smythe is dead? When I first got into Spider-Man in the 90s, he, he as Gaunt was a more, he was billed as a more important character than he turned out to be. So I liked him at the time, but like now it's like, you know, he's not doing anything. Isn't he was on a disc? Like, yeah, I, I don't know if he's been brought back since then, but, like, he was in oh, a program, and, like, Spider-Man basically, like, had to kill him, and he went to Aunt May and said, is it ethical to pull the plug on someone? And he put him on a disc. Which, I guess, I, I guess then he is dead, because that no, was that no, 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 Peter was like, living like, in the... I've heard since then that he's been taken out of that. Okay. What? what when was this? I don't remember this. Jay Jenkins run, but I was going to say, then he would have died, because he would have been in Peter's apartment that got destroyed by, um... Uh, Molten Man Light, Charles Weeder. This came up in a past Crossroads episode. I know someone said that like he was taken out of that program, but I forget how, when, and why. Wouldn't that be funny if he's on like a 3.5 floppy disk and you can't put it in any computer these I'm days? I'm looking at Mendel Strom right now <laughs> on uh, Wikipedia, which is always the most reliable of places. It's just like IMDb, right, Kevin? Okay, let's see. You need girlfriend. Don, I have recently gotten into the Next Dimension podcast. You and Jesse kick ass. Hey, hey thank you. In recent years, you've commented how Felicia has become more over-sexualized. What happens when this incarnation of Felicia meets Master Roshi, what the hell, from Dragon Ball? How, how would she react to him, and how would he react to her in a milk bath? I made that last part out. I always sweat when you read these kind of questions, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I got no clue. I, the only person in the whole sentence I knew who the hell we're talking about is you and Felicia. More like, um, basically like, like, a, like a pervy old man in Dragon Ball who always like you know drools over pretty women. Um, All right. The way that Felicia's written these days, she'd probably, just, like, get, like, probably go for her and say you know something inappropriate because it's late at night I don't want to I don't want to so say Master Roshi is kind of like an Aunt May well no he's kind of like a horny J. Jonah Jameson senior with sunglasses and a turtle on his, a turtle shell on his back 
Okay. Wasn't that turtle person in Web? JR just read about him. Anyway, Kevin, if you had to write a story arc which would make Eddie Brock Venom again and make him a Spider-Man villain again, not an anti-hero like the Lethal Protector, how would you do it? I'm not sure that's the way to go at this point. Yeah. I think there is a way, um, and I've, I've you know come up with some ideas for them uh, in relation to Crawlspace, but... I think there's a way to make Eddie Brock an effective villain again, and I think there's a way to make Venom an effective villain again, but I don't know if their paths are together. Yeah. I think, basically, uh, Sir Roberto, whatever, um, <laughs> did a really good story with Last Temptation of Eddie Brock that uh, really should have been continued, and this whole toxin thing wasn't the way to go. I do miss Venom as a Spider-Man villain. Me too. I, you know, I really do. And, and and the last time that Venom was a good Spider-Man villain was when uh, he was with the Thunderbolts? No, there was there was this, uh, I think it was Spider-Man yeah. Family, and there was this really awesome one-shot issue. I forget what the hell happened, but uh, like... I like, it was awesome. Yeah, but Peter, Peter, like, like he's t- talking to Mary Jane about investigating Venom. Like, somebody's dying, and he and Venom have to have this balls out, like, Casino Royale esque fight in the bathroom where they kick each other's ass. It was really good. It was around Back in Black. I swear mm. to God, this was an awesome issue, and I wanted so much more from that, and we never saw it again. Let me see if I can find the, like, like the image. I'm just talking about when um, I'm trying to think. I think it was Thunderbolts. It was Gargan as Venom was the last time that he was a good villain. The villain against Spider-Man. Anyway, I'm going off. Well, and Gargan as Venom was really only good when Warren Ellis was writing him, and that wasn't uh, that's, Spider-Man. That's, well, I, I'm thinking like Amazing 598-ish, or when he was he snuck in or something like that. I forget what the storyline was. Anyway, uh, Kevin, if uh, Kevin already answered that. Chair, if the pregnancy was still canon, would killing or faking the death of the baby be the worst and cruelest thing Norman has ever done to Peter? If not, what would be? Uh, well, it's a good question. One, um, first of all, Norman would, would never kill the baby. I mean, not even Norman would do that. And really? No, really? Norman, Norman, what? Norman is, is a disease scumbag, but I don't think mm-hmm. Norman would, would, uh, stoop to killing a baby. Plus also, why would he, why would he kill a, a, a superpower, a baby that he could potentially use? I mean, this could be potentially a mm-hmm. superpowered baby. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there'd be, but would it be the cruelest thing? Well, if Peter never knows about it, how is it the cruelest thing? Yeah. I mean, yes, we as the reader, would know it perhaps was the cruelest thing. I mean, I would I would see it like uh, <clears throat> I always saw the the whole Norman Baby May thing as. Um, do you guys remember the An- Antonio Banderas uh, Zorro? Flex? I was just thinking that. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, where Anthony Hopkins was the original Zorro, and uh, the bad guy put him in prison and uh, took his daughter and raised it as his own. Uh, I definitely see Norman doing. Mm. Uh, no, Zorro yeah. beyond <laughs> with but, the Antonio But I he, he's he's already killed his girlfriend. I mean that he don't care. He, he won't stop. Somebody destro- destroying his baby is a similar plot. He try something new to ki- get put another dagger in his that, heart. That's, I think. I but agree. that's not. Yeah. That's I do you know. And and again, that gets to the question. I don't think he intended to kill Gwen. I mean, I, I mean, again, the, you know, we, we, this is way too late to get into this conversation. <laughs> I only think I don't think he intended to kill Gwen. I think he 
and he threw Gwen off the bridge to distract Spider-Man so that he so he could kill Spider-Man, but he didn't anticipate Spider-Man taking the action he did. But anyway. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. anyway. Whoops. Oh, I meant Chuck's to do that. Somebody on CBR like asked if Doctor Octopus, what he's done right now, if that makes him like surpass Norman, and I replied that like uh, that nothing is more villainous than if Norman was behind it. Nothing is more villainous than the miscarriage. I don't care what Doc Ock did to Peter's body. I think that that's like the most villainous thing of all. Yeah. Bertone, could Gwen's pregnancy somewhat explain her tendency to cry at the drop of a hat back in the Silver Age? I love that. I love that. Being question. a Silver Age Stan Lee character explains her ability to, to drop a hat. That, um, Gwen's, pre- Gwen's pregnancy doesn't solve any continuity problems. It just creates them, and it's there is no sense trying to tie her pregnancy into continuity at all because it not only does it not work but like even the the continuity that it was presented in at the time like like she disappeared to Paris for a bunch of months even though she was in London at another time period it just there there's almost no mess. time for it to happen it's not impossible for a woman to say that skinny throughout a pregnancy and her friends not it's it's happened before but it is very much like an exception to the rule that's got to be one of the cl- biggest clusters to continuity that that the, the twins. You know, I mean, goddamn, it, it's going to be retcon sooner or later. It's oh, yeah, it has to be. He cannot be. Wow, fantasy freak from Avengers 1959. Uh, has anyone seen the crossover episode of Phineas and Ferb entitled Mission Marvel? If so, what are your thoughts? Okay. I have not seen it. I I haven't, but I want to see it. I watch Phineas and Ferb with the kids sometimes, and. That- that's like one of my favorite shows to watch with them because it's consistently well written. I, I saw a clip of it, it at Comic Con. We watch the Disney Channel uh, often in my house since I have a three year old, and I see the commercial for it all the time. I have no clue that that's bad marketing, and it doesn't tell you when the damn thing the win. You could probably when is it going to be on? It somewhere if you wanted to, but it's it looked funny, and I heard that there was even like a Doctor Who reference on it. Bailey said something on his uh, wall. Does anyone have a clue what the arms of the octopus crossover will be like? I've read the solicits over and over, but I just keep getting more and more confused. That's uh, the Superior Spider-Man specials with the Hulk and X-Men and Spider-Man, right? It's like an annual. Nothing's ever going to be the same again. You won't want to miss this. Sounds like it's a cash grab. I guarantee. You will never have those $12 again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Adam Parker another new poster welcome sir Uh, from Georgia two questions for the gang would you be willing to record a podcast that serves as a commentary to the movies I would love to hear your opinions and analysis of the films and characters while I watch at home oh yeah we Don and I did uh, that for uh, two of the movies yeah, but I've never, like, like for, it'll be fun to, to do a commentary on uh, the Garfield movies. Yeah. Well, this well, I, he's talking Spider-Man movies, but uh, <laughs> that's what he means. Andrew Garfield, not the cat. The hell? Well, I thought you said Garfield the movie. <laughs> Why would you do that? The, the Tale of Two Titties. I mean, kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it's getting late. Um. Who, who Let me ask the panel for that. I haven't approached the panel about this. I, I'm, in, I'm kind of indifferent about it. Uh, Don, would you like to do it? Yes. <laughs> Chris, would you like to do it? Sounds like you would make the podcast recording sessions two hours longer unless we cut something out in order to do it. 
That's it would exactly have to be its own special section. Like we'd have oh, to yeah. do a, a recording just for that. Exactly. Yeah. We'd have to cut out more questions or something, and and because I well, this no, is we, our... we, we would just do it on a separate day. We wouldn't do it as part of the other podcast. We I'm would just like yeah. we would have like two scheduling threads. Oh, Chris, do you want to do it? I'll, I'll go along with anything. Yeah. Oh my God! Josh? Something special's happening. Josh, would you want to do it? Yes. Okay, Jr. You interested in that? To be honest, I have little interest in doing a commentary on any of the previously released movies. Yeah. If uh, you know, maybe when the newer one comes, and I agree, you know, but I, I just don't know what in the world we could say on the, those movies that we haven't already said, or what insight we could bring. I mean, I, I just, I mean, I couldn't. But you know, that's in my opinion. Like Jr. said, the one I would be interested in doing because I feel we've talked about the four damn movies a lot. What what new could we say? However, when Amazing Spider-Man Two is released on DVD, that might be a possibility more than the other four, in my opinion. Kevin, what's your thoughts? I have uh, no particular desire to do it. Um, if you guys were doing it, I would go along with it, but uh, it's not something that really sounds that appealing to me. Yeah, this went from like about to happen to like canceled. <laughs> well, if you do it, it's three to three, three four, and three against. Um, so it this guy's name Adam Parker. Adam Parker. I don't know if you know about this or not, but Don and I were on another Spider-Man show called Amazing Spider-Man Classics. We did a commentary for the first Raimi movie on there, so you can you can hear that if you want. You got two members of the crawl space, uh, you know, and we were you know we recorded one for Spider-Man Two as well, but it will never if, see the light of day. If Don and Josh and Chris would like to do it, I'll I'll record it and watch the damn movies. I'm gonna you. twist your arm, dude. It's <laughs> okay. No, no. I mean, I, I I mean, I I put enough of these these things out. I I would have to cancel something out because I can't release 17 podcasts a month. I mean, man. Well, <laughs> well Don, Chris, and I could like just record it on our own and send it to you, and you could put it on the feed. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, we'll, we'll think about it. I think the first time you'd hear it is Amazing Spider-Man 2 on DVD or Blu-ray. AmFam15 from North Carolina. Gang uh, Brad, we've seen the Muppets take on Treasure Island. <laughs> he and congratulated you. You could read that out loud instead of Mum. I, I missed the congratulations. Thank you for 15 years of excellence. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And he's hitting me with a Muppet question, so double thank you. Uh, we've seen the Muppets take on the Treasure Island and the Wizard of Oz. Now that Disney owns both Marvel and the Muppets, do you think we will ever see a Muppet version of the Marvel Universe? You're getting an omnibus coming up. Which characters would you like to see? Is Fozzie as Captain America? Waka waka. <laughs> this is the part of the night where the questions start feeling surreal to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not Muppets. sure if I've fallen asleep or not. It's 2 a.m. on a Saturday morning. We're talking Muppets. We need to get laid. Captain America. Yeah. Yeah. I can see the Muppets and Marvel doing something. If they're doing Phineas and Ferb, why aren't they going to go to the Muppet show? What the hell? They Marvel started doing this in the 80s with the Muppet Babies comics. I've got a full run of that. Oh, my God. On another note, how hard did I submit that to a lot of people? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> how hard would it be to see Chris Cooper play Norman Osborn and not see him as Tex Richmond from the Muppets? Um, Tex Richmond, Mr. Tex T. People call me rich because I got more money. 
<laughs> I'm Norman Osborn. I'm green and I'm goblinish. Okay. That was Texas' rap from the Muppets movie for those. I know. I know. Well, Jr. The other people to think. <laughs> get a Muppet question? No, he gets a Rogues Gallery question. As the two most prolific enemies of Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery, who do you think he? We have never really seen a good battle between Norman and Doc Ock. <laughs> What? Wait a minute! I don't. I don't. <laughs> why do you think we've never seen a good battle? With I think we never really. Why do you think we have never really seen a good battle? Okay, I see. Why? Why haven't we seen a good Norman and Doc Ock fight? Because no one's written one. All right. I mean, that's that's sort of a smart ass question, but it's also not. I mean, uh, no one's yeah. written one. No one apparently has come up. Well, one Norman was gone for a quarter of a century, but uh, so. That, but apparently, no one is either been interested in or thought of an idea that could work. And who would win depends on what, who was writing it and who, who, who they want to win, because you could argue that either one could kick the shit out of the other. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly don't think uh, we're going to get that uh, fight anytime soon, because I don't think it's Norman in the Green Goblin suit after this month. Right. Okay. We're on to the second page. How many do we have here? We have two more posters before we're going to bed. Uh, DC Marvel Fan Guy, 28 posts. Welcome, sir. To the gang, who is picking up the superior foes of Spider-Man? Kevin and I are. It's awesome. Damn good. Damn good. I personally... Oh, and Chris, you are too? Wait, the um, superior foes? Yes. Yeah. Yep. good. Anybody else picking it up? It's damn good. I am too, yeah. I got it. All right. And JR, no. (laughs) <laughs> I personally think it's fantastic. I've always had faith in the series, and the tone is perfect for it. I, I know many people find Shocker's characterization irritating, but I have no problem, and this is coming from a guy who's always loved the Shocker. Boomerang may have called him in a coward in the narration, but issue two in the Punisher... Are we getting to a question here? Is there a question? He, he, he asks if we, like, if we pick up the book. If we like it, he's, and then he's explaining why he likes it. No, it's he, a very He's defending good... the Shocker uh, criticism yeah. that, that people like me had, saying that he was a coward, and he's, he's offering a counter... Um, um, look at it, you know, saying that they're not actually betraying them as a coward if you, you know, read between the lines. Well, not even between the lines, but, like, some stuff that actually happens. If you read the lines, actually. Yeah. And it, I think the panel will agree that it's a damn shock that... <laughs> not to use a pun, but uh, that this book is as good as it is. Because I was yeah. amazed at the first issue. I was just, really? It's this good? I, I, I don't think I had any preconceived notions on whether it'd be good or not. I just knew that... At that I wouldn't be interested in it based on the characters, but the I was open-minded to word of mouth, and the word of mouth was good, and it turned out yeah. to be good. The my word of mouth went to Kevin's word of mouth, and then Kevin's went to yours. I guess it just spread a little. Yeah. Which was interesting enough that like I gave the first issue a shot, and I did. I don't like the shocker so, but besides that, it's a well-written story. All right, last poster, last question. Extreme Spider has a. Uh, George Harrison avatar. <laughs> um, like, well, there's yeah, there's George, and I see. Oh, it, it's all of them. This is um, oh, okay. I just saw George. This okay, is uh, a music New- video for. I think it's Baby, You're a Rich Man. Okay, New York City Prime. Jr. Over the years, there's been many. Who is the Goblin mystery story arcs? Almost one per decade. How would you rank them? Well, there's actually been four. He's close. One, almost one per decade. Uh, no, wait a minute. I think he is right. He is right if you count the uh, Bart Hamilton one. Uh, yeah, how sure. would I rank him? Well, they all fizzled for one reason or another. Uh, they, <laughs> probably the probably the one that was the best plotted originally was uh, Stern's original Hobgoblin one. Uh, 
Uh, Hells yeah. But that, mm-hmm. but that fell apart. The worst one, obviously, was Green Goblin 5. That was handled the yeah. worst. Actually, the original one with Norman was not handled that well because I think Norman was introduced like two issues or one issue or, or two issues before the Goblin was revealed. So it was like, well, who the hell is Norman Osborn? Um, where, does and, the goblin, you know, where does the Goblin Kingpin of Crime rank? Oh jeez, we don't even not until I don't know until that story's over. All right, but right now, you right know. now it's running out of gas. I mean, it right yep. it's just not very interesting. Yep. Uh, to all, you've stated the most underrated spider creators, but what are the most overrated ones? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure about overrated, but I, I'm not a fan of the Lynn Ween run because I think besides the Bart Hamilton stuff, nothing interesting happens in that run. Kevin, you're going to hate this JMS. Uh, oh, you well, son wrong. of a gun. <laughs> Brad, I, I stand, up, I stand up behind you. My man, welcome. You guys hate everything that's awesome. <laughs> no, I hate wrong, spider wrong, totems. Wrong, wrong, I hate wrong. spiders with motives that bite people. That was the whole, that was the whole six-year run. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't hate JMS, but I, I, I didn't either, find but, his yeah. run like as enjoyable as I found other stuff. And I, I've had long talks with Don about this where, like, it didn't feel like Spider-Man to me. It felt like Spider-Man characters not in Spider-Man's world. And I, I, did, I didn't like some of the characters. choices. I didn't like some of the story structured. I, I didn't feel like he used enough Spider-Man elements. I'll, Kevin, Kevin rebuttal or thoughts? Well, I mean, if you guys really hate great writing, that is your problem. <laughs> and I'll admit, the writing isn't horrible, it's just the ideas I didn't really care the, for. Okay, even if you don't like the ideas, I get that, but the writing isn't not horrible. The writing is great. Yeah. You don't like the like the not, the characters he used, uh, the ideas he went with, that's cool, that's a difference of opinion. I think the writing is objectively great, though. But yeah, the like, writing like, is part of, you know, the decisions that he made, the characters that he did, the choices that he had Peter go down. Like, no, I'd say that that goes with the writing. The, the thing about it is, though, is that, like, you could have Peter do these supernatural stuff that feels out of his element, but Peter Parker in those comic books so, felt so believable and so fresh, and, but at the same time so much like Peter Parker in the past that, like, it just comes through uh, throughout everything else. And has anybody this side of... ASM number 400 written Aunt May that well. I will agree that Aunt May was a high point of his run, and I was very happy with how he rid Aunt May. There was other things about his run. He's the best writer of the marriage as well, bar none. Yeah. Uh, No one one else has written written it better, I don't think. Damn Demetrius. The thing that I take away from him is the the Aunt May, like you said, but with the with the Goblin Twins, with with the Spider Totem, with the Spider Bitum with a motive, uh, that just takes it down. I didn't like when it became a New Avengers book. Um, at one point, that was one also arc. that 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 bad storyline. Yeah, that was when arcs were like six issues, though. And six <laughs> issues is all, six <laughs> issues is, all, is it, the six issues was half a year back then. That multi-man storyline is not that bad. It is not yeah, a bad is. story. I, don't, I, I swear to Christ, I don't understand why people hate that story at all. <laughs> I hate that story. It is mediocre at worst. Oh, I didn't mind that story, but like I didn't love it either. The multi-man thing. It was just Kevin, it was just pedestrian for me. Kevin, what's an underrated Spider Rider? We'll go around the horn. He's going to destroy I'm something that's overrated. We love now. The question's overrated. Yeah, overrated is the uh, overrated. Sorry, sorry, question. sorry. Honestly, uh, I can't think of 
a run that I've read that I didn't like that was praise, like high praise. I mean, I've read, you know, plenty of Spider-Man that I thought sucked, but none of it's like, oh, everybody else is saying this is great. So I, I don't really have an answer to that. I will be sure it's not Dan Slott. Um, that, yeah, Dan yeah. Slott's controversial more than he is overrated. I, I do think he's overrated, though, because I hear people say this is the best Spider-Man since Stan Lee, and they say I, that... I, yes, but I feel like there's an equal number of people that say this is the worst Spider-Man I've ever read, and that kind of balances it out. For me, overrated is when I, I feel a majority of people are saying something's great when I find it sucks. Yeah. You know, inversely, I do think that people are kind of, like, down on the David McLean run for, like, I, I don't know why. It, it was it was fun to me. It wasn't great, but like, it, it was... I don't think it was offensive. Yeah. JR, you got an answer? I don't believe I do, to be honest. Okay. Bertoni? Um, I was with you on JMS. Anything else? Um, JMS is just the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'd have to go look into detail, but JMS is is one of the ones that I stand behind because I legitimately, there there was a lot of things I did not enjoy about his run. There was a lot of things I did enjoy, like Aunt May, but there was... Things I didn't like, and it would take half a podcast to go over. Yeah, I think on JMS though. I mean, it wasn't so much his ideas, but I think his execution got sloppy and lazy at times, and uh, and and he didn't adequately, res- you know, like I said, like I wrote in an article, he had a tendency to fumble at the five yard line. Mm. Chris, you got one? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to start another big debate oh. while I'm while, while I'm not in fighting form this at this late hour but I'm not that crazy about Jerry Conway I'll kill oh, you yeah. oh, you're a dead man Chris a dead man, a dead man. <laughs> Don you got one uh, I mean I, honestly the only one I can think of is Slot because I think that Slot has a I, I, I personally think that Slot's uh, rating is overall like, like overwhelmingly positive and as, as much as I think that the issues can be good there are a lot of like really like like lapses in logic that I think people are just ignoring, like you know him killing people and not caring about it, <laughs> the slot talk, etc. Slot speak. Uh, real quick wrap up of the recommendations. Do we have any? We I, ha- I, I have a word of caution. This won't take that long at all. But like, if yeah. you want to buy Marvel trade paperbacks or comic book trade paperbacks in general, I went to the bookstore and I was interested in collecting the first trade for all new X Men. You know, the water bottle saga, and uh, by Brian Bendis, and like. <laughs> collects, collects the first five issues of uh, All New X-Men, and it's a very small trade. In fact, it's a hardcover. I looked at the price, I saw it was, it was $24.99. Whoa. Which is, which is redonkulous. I go, over, I go over and I see that like DC has the uh, two-bit collection Robin Year One and Batgirl Year One, and that collects the four-issue Robin Year One mini series and the and like the nine-issue Batgirl Year One mini series, and that's $24.99. Which do you think is worth more? So I was like utterly disgusted by the fact that Marvel once charged me twenty five bucks for a five issue, you know, barely written thing, which is good, but you know, it's, it's not much. If you buy the singles, it's cheaper. Five times forty is five times four is twenty. Yeah, because it's hardcover, and maybe like the soft cover trades cheaper, but even cheaper. It just came out. It, it's, this is it was like nineteen seventy one. Why is it a hardcover? Wow. Five wow. issues too is like pretty thin for a trade. Like, no doubt. Like, especially with Bendis. A fourteen issue thing that's worth the same price. It was I was, I was disgusted, but also um, I'm still digging Supernatural. I'm in season six on that show. It's gotten mm-hmm. a bit tropey, like like uh, like it has a bit of a Smallville esque kind of you know smug actor thing, and it's, the show has an almost cartoonish content for women, but but it's still very good, especially wow. <laughs> <laughs> season four kicks so much ass. So like I'm I'm, I'm, wow. I'm in it to win it for now and on. 
Chris, recommendations? Well, I'll bring up again uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. It's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what else was there? Oh, God, Thor, God of Thunder is amazing. Oh, my God. Mm. Wasn't that awesome? I think I've uh, read the whole uh, series up to date since the last podcast. <laughs> And it, it wow. just it's mind blowing. Like you know, I'm reading uh, in the the trades Walter Simonson's run on Thor, which is supposedly the best, but um, Aaron's is better. I'm gonna go around and say it. it's this is just the best Thor I've ever read. I, I imagine. I don't know. That's yeah. awesome. 100 percent agree. Um, Anything else? Uh, let's see. I, I really like watching Kitchen Nightmares for some reason. Um, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh well, there's those. Uh, I also caught up on the Bendis X Men books, and those are actually pretty, pretty good. I think Uncanny is the inferior one of the two. I, I would think. agree. I would agree. Um, it's not. It's not bad. I, I sometimes the art is a little bit off to me. Yeah, um, I'm not a Bacello and that other guy. The other guy's that, weird. I, oh, I know, yeah. man. Yeah, I think um, Fraser. It's his name's Fraser Irving. I think he has his place in that. Oh, yet. yeah, yeah. I, he 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 did Batman and Robin for a time. He can be very good. <laughs> Yeah, his Batman and Robin was, like, good and creepy, and it just doesn't fit with the X-Men. No, it does not. I can imagine. But all new X-Men's really good. I like it. Yeah, I do, too. Josh? Uh, First of all, I need to um, uh, redeem my Beatle fandom cred, because Extreme Spider's Avatar, I just remembered, that is the music video, not for Baby, You're a Rich Man, but Hello, Goodbye. Uh, So, nice Avatar, you got my attention. Recommendation, a very good podcast which deserves its place on the iTunes podcast chart. It's called Up Yours and Downstairs, a Downton Abbey podcast. (laughs) You bastard, you bastard. um, (laughs) You just really good. I think more people should download it so that it doesn't get knocked (laughs) off the charts and so that nothing can surpass it. Um, at, at the beginning of each episode, there's a bunch of dynamic hosts. You know, there, there's a few older guys. One that ta- uh, there's a segment where they talk about like this week in uh, Downton Abbey history, where they talk about like <laughs> old seasons and you know uh, what's like. So RJ, was it a good episode or a bad episode? And um, <laughs> um, they do bios of the obscure Downton Abbey characters, and it's um. Were you listening while you were recording? <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Was there? <laughs> No, I, 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 I've never listened to this podcast. I've, I've seen like 10 minutes of the Downton Abbey show. I've My, never seen Downton Abbey. It's like really popular, and it, I can I get know. it for free on Amazon Prime, and like uh, this one girl who was trying to get with me last year. Iron Man 3. Yeah, she was telling me uh, like, oh, you need to, you, you're you going to become addicted to the show if you watch it. You should. And apparently there's like a whole big fandom behind it, and uh, lots of shipping. Uh, so we, I don't we referenced know. two podcasts ago, but uh, Crawl Space is number seventy, was six on the recently on the uh, most popular TV and film, and Downton Abbey was the one above us. So that's what up yours and downstairs, uh, up yours and downstairs. <laughs> I'm, I'm like imagining like the Downton Abbey, like w- with like my limited uh, perception of the program, like the Downton Abbey equivalents of all of us. Any other recommendations besides that one? <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. It's It's been okay, a pretty J- light entertainment month. JR, sir? Not a one. Uh, Kevin? Um, I'm going to recommend go find you some classics, because I, I went to a local comic shop today, and they had kind of redone their very tiny dollar bins, so I looked through yeah. them, and I was fortunate to find Amazing Spider-Man number 266 by Peter David. Um mm. 
which was it was the Toad and uh, you know Frogman and the the amazing or spectacular Spider Kid comes in at the end, and it it cracked me the hell up. Um, I have not read enough of the older Peter David stuff. It's like all on my my little. I keep notes in my iPhone of comics that I want, so when I'm out of these like places looking through dollar bins, I can reference if this is something I want. Um, it, it's all on there. I just haven't gotten to get most of it yet. But You're one away from one of my favorite uh, David's yeah. tournament stories. That one's Did you not get easy to find, though. Oh, I love that The one. Commuter? <laughs> oh, God, I love The Commuter story. Or no, what, what, what's the one that you're wanting, Kevin, to get? No, that's 267. That one's not easy to find. ASM 267. Which one's that, Commuter? Yes, yeah. the commuter. Okay, okay, that's what I was checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll also recommend uh, The World's End, the uh, new like Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg movie, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. This is the end of the sort of trilogy, and I really, really enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, I like both of them, but I feel like those were movies that the first time I was like, okay, this isn't bad, and the second time I liked it better. This one I just loved immediately. I feel like it's the best of the trilogy. Um, also, get you some Doctor Who in your life. Because I've... Hell yeah. I mean, I love me some Doctor Who. Like, two years ago or something, I finally decided to watch the new stuff, and I've been caught up for a while, and I keep watching it. And I, I think because the store I work at has like a whole Doctor Who room, and I get to talk to Doctor Who fans all the time, I've really kind of gotten more and more into the whole Doctor Who frenzy lately. I've been going back and watch this classic Doctor Who and um just just watch some. It's good. Have you seen the poster for the fiftieth? God yes. Oh. I I am so damn ready. <laughs> Never seen an episode of Doctor Who ever. Give it a shot. The thing is I, I recommend people start with the new series. You can dig into the classic stuff later, but it's kinda too like old and cheesy to start with. It's not gonna hook you at this point. Um yeah. but with the <laughs> What? Oh no, I'm just laughing because I knew a guy that like would not um, with his family. He wouldn't watch the new stuff until they went through all the old stuff, and that included like the dramatizations that were on YouTube of people reading the scripts. They oh, absolutely, Jesus. yeah, Jesus. they absolutely had to watch that before they watched the new stuff. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Leave it there. And, uh, my recommendation is go to the 2005 series on Netflix and just start from there and yeah. uh, give it a good shot because. The first couple episodes of Eccleston are are still pretty cheesy. Um, it takes you a bit to get used to it and get into it, but once you get into it, like you know, three or four episodes in, it starts getting better and better and better and better as it goes along. It's just really good. Don't blink. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, sir? Uh, vote Saxon. There you go. <laughs> My recommendation, the only thing I've really, I since the last recording it, that I've just, all my free time has been devoted to Breaking Bad. I started uh, yeah. uh, in August with episode one, season one. I am now on season five. Episode two is where Ooh. I'm at. I've been uh, recording the new episodes on my DVR, and I've been watching the old ones on Netflix, and... I freaking love Walter White. Dude, so damn good. So damn good. It's probably one of my top ten favorite shows of What makes the show so good in one definable aspect? Acting. Okay. Uh, Uh, I'll give it to you. Best character arc I've maybe ever seen. Of Walter? Yeah, for over those five seasons, Walter White has just one of the best, if not the best, character arcs I've ever seen on TV. He And he is a hell... 
of an actor. God, yes. A hell of an actor. And Aaron Paul, who plays Jesse, I think the show would yes. not be what it is without him. He's very good, too. Um, just, I, I, I just, I can't wait, because I try to avoid the spoilers of what's happening yeah. in the last yeah. several episodes. But uh, just just the storyline of the, uh, the the mobster, the, I mean the the drug he, drug lord with the chicken place was just epic. Yeah. It's, I've seen and was, I'm caught up on the show, and it, obviously yeah. they won't spoil anything. But it's just like every every single cliffhanger they've been doing, it, it just makes you want to throw something. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Like, good God, you're gonna leave me there. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if it's this is the Netflix syndrome or whatever. But since I'm watching these marathons, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much as I am now if I had to go week by week by week. Oh, it's still good week by week. Really? It, it is? Okay. Well, I, I haven't started going week by week until the second half of season five, at which point it is great. But I do wonder about okay. those earlier seasons that were maybe yeah. a little bit Reminds slow. me of 24. Yeah, when you get to the season five second half episodes, every episode is just badass and building Damn. to the end and fast-paced, well, like, covering so much story in one episode that it is satisfying. What's it about? Like, <laughs> it's about... Do you really not know? No, I, I don't know. Okay. It's a, uh, a chemistry teacher, a physics teacher, chemistry, chemistry teacher, right? High school chemistry, chemistry teacher. Diagnosed with uh, cancer, lung cancer, if I remember correctly. Uh, faced with astronomical bills, and one of the ways to pay it that he knows how to do is to cook meth. As you do. Oh wow! Okay, that's like <laughs> yeah, it's deep. That like that like yeah. escalates the last show I watched, which was like a soccer mom dealing pot. Yeah, weeds. <laughs> I'm wanting to get into weeds too. Is that any good? Um. Well, we'll talk later because that's too long right. of a discussion for. <laughs> all right. All right. Final thoughts around the bin. We did pretty good on recording time. Kevin, what last thoughts? Um. Good night. JR, last thoughts? <laughs> Josh? We started this on Friday the 13th. It's now, I think it's after midnight for everyone but Kevin. So, yeah, you know, curse. Cur- in, uh, oh. in LA. Yeah, 2.47 a.m. here. So, curse is broken, everyone, um, except for Kevin. Kevin, good luck the next 13 minutes. No, it's, it's 12.47 in LA. <laughs> oh, okay. Kevin, yay. You're <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for the well wishes. I appreciate the thoughts. <laughs> Chris, final well wishes or thoughts? Uh, I am so tired that I'm not going to remember recording this after I wake up tomorrow. <laughs> My favorite Chris moment of the podcast. What the hell are we talking about? Captain America, waka waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking him up at two a.m.? That was absolutely That's a real stupid. message board question. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan, final thoughts or Muppet trivia? Final thoughts from Muppet trivia? (laughs) (laughs) It's 10 minutes till 3 a.m. in Nashville, Tennessee. I I have to be up in three hours to be at work in four hours at the the hotel that I work at. Uh, And yet, I regret nothing because I love doing this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope by the 13th it's a screw over this recording, although I'm recording, so we have two files. I hope we've entertained you. We will see you next month. Keep on reading Spider-Man. There you go, bud.